0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to Geeks Pub, our new podcast where we're going to talk about things geek. What's in your mind this week, Tim?
0: Well, first of all, it's kind of cool to be doing a brand new show. Episode number one, but we're not really going to be counting them.
1: No, because it's... This this is even more casual than the re, than the other one we do.
0: Yes, which is Tech Fan by the way and everybody who listens to Tech Fan is listening to this because the first I don't know, probably 3 or 4 episodes or so we're actually going to put in the Tech Fan feed, so those who subscribe to that show is going to get this show, but eventually they will separate. You've got to subscribe separately to Geek's Pub otherwise you won't get it. But honestly David at this point as we record this very first episode i haven't set up a website for it we've only got a temporary logo um i probably won't even submit it to itunes until after the holidays because everybody apple's gone for the like a month yeah so this is a geeks pub like you said we're just kind of imagine a a virtual pub where you just kind of pull up a chair have a drink and talk to your uh to your buddies that's what this is
1: What's on your mind?
0: What's on your mind? We're yeah, going we'll to... It's geeky stuff. Yeah. We're probably going to yeah. avoid religion. <laughs> yeah. We're, pro- we're probably going to avoid politics, because those are the things that you kind of avoid in a pub, right?
1: Yeah. So, we- Well, most people do. There are some guys who like to go to the pub for that, but they're the same sort of people who rant on on the internet. Yeah,
0: those are assholes. Yeah. It, and, we, and we wouldn't pull up a chair at the table of the asshole. No. We're, no. uh... This is every two weeks we're going to be doing this. Here's the thing, though. It might have been even better to start next week with this show, David, because next week the new Star Wars movie drops, and the last episode of Watchmen would have hit. Um yep. So, uh, you know, the last episode of uh, The Mandalorian will have hit when we record the second episode. So next episode, man, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about.
1: We have indeed. Uh, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm dying I've, I've
1: been... You you said oh you've got to watch Watchmen and I hadn't got around to it and I, it was one of those things I probably wouldn't have come to until probably the middle of next year had yep. you not prompted me and I'm so glad you did because wow
0: wow are wow. you are you caught up with uh, Watchmen No
1: I I'm only in the the first couple of episodes but the the, the world they've built Good is God. just so Watchmen while not being you know I I complain to you um. On, uh, on, on message last week that there was too much fan service in in,
0: in Mandalorian, in, yeah. In The
1: Mandalorian, yeah, and and I, you disagree with I me, mean, but nevertheless, it kind of ticked me off. What's great about Watchmen is they've linked it into the original story, but not in that in-your-face way. It's just subtle. And the whole thing starts with an opening. You kind of think, what the hell is all this about? And they've taken what that world might be and and, and delivered something that's completely fresh while still linking back to the original story. It's, it's amazing.
0: So it's so clever. The original Watchmen. And I, I think they're they're not really basing it on the movie, although I think they acknowledge it. Most people who are watching this has probably watched the movie. But this is yeah. based on the book. Now, I think it's inarguable that Watchmen is the greatest comic book that's ever come out. I think yeah. so. I, I Don't get me wrong. There's other ones that I've read that's like, wow, this is really fantastic. I mean, the original Secret Wars when it came out, that kind of laid the groundwork for a limited series, standalone story type of huge event. But that's not what The Watchmen was. I mean, The Watchmen yeah. was a 12-issue limited series that kind of went the opposite direction of what superhero books at the time were. I yeah. mean, it was it was unbelievable how good this book was. And <laughs> it's so set in the eighties. Yeah. And this movie, or, uh, this TV show is set in the present. So it's 30 years later. Yeah. And uh, they, I can't believe how well they nailed everything. Just everything.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's so cleverly done. Um, it really is. Um, they, you know, they, it's it, the amount of effort involved in not just coming up with with a story that that works and is interesting in its own space while still living in that world but also recreating like what a world might be that 's been influenced by those events and yet not making it come across too cheesy too, um too hyper real which you know a lot a lot of things do i mean you look at you look at the way the Marvel comic universe has developed it started like this in this kind of you know gritty. What would what would it if these things could exist? What would they be like? But you know, obviously, it brought more of the cosmic stuff and the magic stuff going in. It became hyper real. It became it became the Marvel
0: know. Universe, what it is yeah, in the comic it, books. Yeah,
1: but yeah, but but the the thing is, is that is that this is different. This is still you could you could look at this and you could say this could have happened. You know, I mean, it's that clever, um, especially in today's environment where you know. I, if this show had come out five years ago, people people would have gone, oh, well, you know, they would have felt it was hyper real. But in today's environment, this is like, you know, this could, this could happen.
0: You have to get caught up and uh, have watched the entire series by the, maybe not next episode, but the episode after. Because yeah. we're going to delve deep into this series, I think. And I, I'm completely caught up. The last episode for this season one uh, comes on tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, I... I don't know if I'm going to watch it tonight or I'll squeeze it in the next couple days. days. Um, but golly, man, this is just, I got to say, this is one of the best new television shows that's come out in a long, long time. That's saying something because David, I think we're living in the golden age of television or I should say, no, this is the platinum age of television. This is, there's a standard set in the last 10 years for television that is unrivaled yeah it it it's just it's amazing i mean you, oh, wait, it- you could go way back and say oh you know i like such and such and such and such no consistently there's something great i mean we have stranger things we had breaking bad we have better call saul we've got the mandalorian which is revolutionary for star wars people um we've got so much of a a bounty of goodness, and I just barely even scratch the surface. And Watchmen, in one season, with almost no hype surrounding it, David. There's almost no yeah. hype. Nobody's talking about Watchmen, that I've seen. Um, it it's clearly so much better.
1: Yeah, no, it it, it truly is. It, it's movie level um, filmmaking for a start. Yeah. But also the you know the care the the care taking, the writing, the world building. um the budget um, that's put in front of you in the screen, the choices that are made, and also, you know, the the opportunity from from having multiple episodes. You know, TV has moved away from this thing where you know each episode had to be self-contained for streaming for um, um, syndication purposes, because now we have streaming and people can watch a whole season in one go, and that means that the ability to tell a story over multiple episodes is there. Uh, and uh, the writers have embraced that. And I, I would say at this point, you could quite easily say, you know, what? I'm not going to go to the movies anymore. I'm just going to sit and watch TV shows. Um, and you would not be deserved by that at mm-hmm. all. And that is that is an amazing thing to think, given, you know, the environment you and I grew, on, grew up in, where, you know, TV was often quite disposable. Um, I would say 100% and, of
0: it was. Yeah. Because at the no. end of each episode on Happy Days or Friends or whatever the show is, you have to reset the characters so the next episode, it doesn't matter if you watched it or not. Yeah. I mean, occasionally something would happen that would shake up the status quo like uh, on Friends when the one girl fell in love with, with Rachel fell in love with Ross, or yeah. she finally realizes that Ross has been in love with her for a long time. This is a great Episode when she figures that out. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember seeing that or. Yeah,
1: not. I, rem- I remember that. Episode. Yeah. It it's the one where, where they see the the videos. Yes. From um. From high school. And she re- from high school, and he she realizes, you know how he's always been there, and and she's always completely ignored him. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh, but uh, but the thing is, is is, TV shows back then, they would they they might have been there might be story elements that were put in for a season. But they weren't over multiple seasons. Uh, And those story elements were developed as and when they felt they had time. Yeah, You know, they weren't... And and very often, uh, in a a massive disservice to the audience, massive changes would be made between seasons just because of contractual things or because the executives felt they needed to be freshened up. So characters would disappear. Other characters would appear out of nowhere. Uh, and no explanation would be given they would just do it right and uh, and you were expected to catch up you know and very often even the main star of the show would leave and they'd just replace him with somebody else who was effectively the same character um and yeah it 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 was very much it was it was television by numbers and we don't have that anymore we have you know real craft real filmmaking Real, all the things that make great cinema going into these TV shows, and that's why it's it's so upsetting to people like you and I when, um, you know, big movie people in the industry kind of, you know, try and dump on Netflix and streaming services and say they're they're not real entertainment or they're they're not deserving of the same accolades as anything else.
0: Yeah, that drives me nuts.
1: You know, uh, and the other thing, yeah, the other thing is that you know, when you and I were growing up, there was a there was a clear break between TV stars and movie stars. And if anybody switched, it was from TV to movies. You became a TV star, and then you became a big movie star. And once you became a big movie star, you never went back to TV again. Hello, Bruce Willis. (laughs) Except for maybe the odd cameo. But now you have big, big movie stars coming back to TV, and they're happy to work in TV.
0: Well, yeah. Because, you know. In fact, in in some respects, it's kind of a resurrection of some of these actors' careers that they show up in television shows. And, you know, we just completely accept that now. It's pretty yeah. awesome. We live in a great time for television, but it's not just television, David. This geek culture that really started in the seventies, probably the mid to the late seventies, uh, and went right through the the eighties. That's what we're. It's people that is your age and my age that grew up with this kind of stuff, is turning it into what's popular now. Yeah, I mean, pop, sure, yeah, Star Wars was big back then, but. Dude, remember how long we kept hearing about a live-action Star Wars show, and yeah. it just never happened. George Lucas is developing a, a live-action, and it never happened. Nothing ever came out of it. Well, we waited like and waited. Oh, God, who knows what that would be. You know, it's funny, though, man. Seriously. You said they're taking their time. Yeah. You know, it's it's a story that spans the entire season, kind of like Stranger Things, right? There's, no, there's a lot less standalone. But I, as you were saying that, dude, I was thinking, we love The Mandalorian, yeah? Yeah. Each one's standalone, though.
1: Well, that's the clever thing about, particularly about The Mandalorian, is that, um, you know, each, each because of the structure they built, which is, each episode kind of apes a different type of Western. Right. So so that means they, they, they you know, and, and they are not adhering to any rules in that at all. No. They have... They 've set up the motivation for the plot for each for, for the series, in that you know effectively he 's now on the run um and it, and, it, and it's, it is kind of like you know a stranger comes to a new town and stuff happens and then he has to move on again, and each one is in a different style it's very clever. you saw the um, newest the, one i haven't seen the fifth one yet no um, but the the thing is, is that as well is that you know they each one's a different length yes <laughs> they don't care. No, they do. It's streaming.
0: There's no television. Yeah. Here. We exactly, keep ta- we, we keep saying TV shows, but I don't know if that's
1: freaking accurate anymore, man. Yeah. But the but the, the amazing thing about about these is and I said this to you after the second or third one of the Mandalorian is, I can't because you normally you sit down and you you're going to watch something and you see you for me, anyway, because I'm having to acquire all of these rather than get them off the uh, off the official network. Right. So I, I I open up the video file and I see it's going to be 32 minutes. I think okay, so this one's going to be a little bit light. And <laughs> then at the end, I'm going, my God, that was only 32 minutes. Right. Yeah. I can't believe how much they are cramming into this. Of course, it's because it's very light on dialogue, which means it's it's you know it gets straight into the action. But nevertheless i it just stuns me how how much story they are telling in this thing, and if you pull this this stuff together, you know it would be uh it, into a movie it would be yeah, it is each one is a, is like a short movie it, they are just they're just amazing i'm they really amazed they are. haven't
0: taken off his helmet
1: well they they have taken off his helmet, but we haven 't seen that, and I think you know that 's the thing they 've made it very clear is that nobody's allowed to see him with his helmet off. I still think that's a big price, but there you go.
0: What do you think about uh you and McGreg- McGregor coming back for an Obi-Wan series? Well, if they the do it in with... the style of this or Rogue One, I think it would be massive. And let's be honest, that's an actor who can go in any direction.
1: He he can, but the I guess the difficulty then becomes how much the, you know, they they have to slavishly tie to what's going on in the main series of movies. Not um, yeah, really.
0: I mean, you know, with an Obi Wan, he's he, the the Jedi has already fallen, right? It's probably yeah. good. I'm gonna guess five to ten years afterwards because we've got twenty years between return or uh, uh, the fall of the Jedi. What is that? the The last Jedi one. What was that? So you,
1: you mean? Um, uh, Revenge, Revenge of of, the Sith.
0: yeah, Revenge of the Sith and the New Hope. There's 20 years there because yeah. Luke is an infant at the end, and then he's a you know basically an 18 year old, 20 year old who still plays with toys. Um, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> he, yeah, right. he's well, he's sitting there with a little model of a ship and he's playing with it. I know. Uh, so we, we've got. You know what's funny about that scene, though? I think that's actually one of the actual props they use to to film to make the ship move and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I would expect so. Yeah. They were on a tight budget. Well, it, well, it's on a stick too, and that's what yeah. they used. So, that's probably exact, it's probably an actual spaceship that he's holding right there. Yeah. Um
1: I, I, I think I think Lucas was going for oh, he's imagining, you know, maneuvers and that sort of thing. He's not really playing with it, but it does look like he's playing with it.
0: He no, he is playing with it. No <laughs> question. Go back and watch that scene, dude. He's play, he's totally playing with it. Yeah. Um, so we've got 20 years there and, and think about where Obi-Wan was left in a very fricking dark place where
1: his, yeah, his, no, this but...
0: kid that he helped raise becomes a, one of the ultimate bad guys in the whole. And he thinks he killed him at the end, right? Yeah, Because he chopped his legs and air and one of his arms off and Stumpy is crawling towards him and the fricking lava's coming and all that. And he fricking leaves. He abandons him. He's like, Nah, you're you're dead, dude. Um, and then where he is, almost a hermit, living in a friggin' cave.
1: But that's the thing, it, because of, we know where he is. That does not sound like a rich vein for storytelling.
0: Oh, I think it's awesome. I think there's so much that he that character could be doing. I don't think he stayed on Tatooine the whole time.
1: Well, I thought
0: I would have thought he would
1: do because um he's meant to be looking out for Luke well
0: looking out for but Luke doesn't he, mean you he know, he's he's
1: worried that the Empire's going to come and and snatch Luke up the emperor's going to come and snatch Luke up he can't be going on a on holiday
0: well, I think he can because you know if it's ten years later or even five years later look it's obvious the Empire doesn't realize that Anakin had any kids they they pulled it off when they show the burial of Padme she's pregnant cl- clearly. So the twins died with her. And, you know, he, this is a, a Jedi Knight. His his whole thing isn't just to sit around and hope something doesn't happen. I mean, he's kind of proactive. That's what they did. And I think that as long as you leave him alive to start a new hope, you could pretty much do anything with this character.
1: Yeah, I guess. Well, we'll see. I mean, obviously these people are much better at this sort of stuff than I am. So, uh you know, I hope they pull it off. I think they if will. It, if it ever happens, this is one of these ones that's kind of been bumping along. And no, no, no. They're, they're starting
0: on. filming um, early next year.
1: Okay. All right.
0: Yeah, they're not going to come out and say who's who's in charge of the whole project and the actor's on board. and they, Disney isn't known to do that, and they go, ah, we canceled it. Yeah. Although they did cancel a couple of, uh, what's his name? Rian Johnson is now not doing one. The, a trilogy? They cancelled
1: his. his. His star has fallen. Um, I I read a very interesting article the other day, basically saying that um, they didn't think it was seemly for all the cast promoting the current movie to be shitting on the previous one, which is what they've been kind of doing. Um, and you know, to me that that says to me that Ryan Johnson's star has very much fallen in in the Disney circle. Yeah um and you know you and i have talked about that we while we enjoyed that movie it had many many problems um i enjoyed uh, it
0: but it 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 wasn't a true it just never really worked on a fundamental level for me and there was too much in the movie that was unnecessary
1: yeah well that's kind of what the the you know the cast have been saying they're saying that we, we didn't agree with we didn't agree with the with uh, some of the arcs of our characters and we didn't agree why they were doing so. Mark something. Hamill was and,
0: saying that while filming. Yeah. And uh, I get and it now.
1: Been, yeah. Um but even, you know, um also John Biaga's been quite vocal about saying that he didn't he didn't he said the same thing we did. He said, you know, I didn't like the things my character did in the movie because they didn't have any point. That's right. You know, they didn't they didn't make anything make any difference. Well
0: they let a guy make a Star Wars movie that has no idea what a star wars movie is yeah there are certain and, themes that star Wars movies at least the trilogies have followed and, and rian johnson decided well i'm going to do my own thing and disney was stupid enough to let him because they still at that point really didn't know what the hell they were doing um yeah i think they've I, come it, around
1: i think it's such a shame because i actually love Ryan johnson's work um i think uh, the stuff he did. I, I don't know if you've seen Looper, but it's a fantastic movie. Of course
0: I've seen Looper. It's yeah. awesome. But um, he, he's not a Star Wars guy.
1: No, well, no, I appreciate that. And when I say and, uh, Star
0: Wars, I don't mean you have to play lip service to everything that's come before. And I think we've both seen on Mandalorian and The Force Awakens, that happen a little too often. Um, yeah. But that being said, at least those creators understand what Star Wars is and what the fans want. Now, you sent me that, you know, I think they're doing too much cameo and lip service and stuff like that. I disagreed simply because that's what we want. Fans want that. And if you're a creator working on Star Wars, don't you want to put a little Easter egg type of thing in there? I think that's cool. Uh,
1: I think think the difference is is you and I differ on on what on what an easter egg is to me it is a a faint callback it's a subtle thing whereas having them sat at the same table that han and greedo sat with the scorch mark from greedo's missed shot still on the wall behind them to me was just a little bit on the nose
0: mm, i kind of thought it was cool <laughs> i didn't realize it was the same table at first i was like oh i wonder if they're sitting at the same table that would be cool and then of course they are so I agree I disagree. Um, one of the things that I thought would be fun to to chat about, and I don't know if if you've had enough time at this point because you just saw my note. you wanna, you want to hold that off for a while?
1: No, no, it's fine'll
0: I'll run with it. so m- my question to you was uh, who are the most influential, famous people in your life? I picked three people for me. Uh, there's three famous people and unfortunately they've all passed on. Um, that I think were the most influential in who I am today. Uh, the first one is George Carlin. Mm-hmm. You ever watched George Carlin stand up?
1: I have seen some of George Carlin. He was nowhere near as famous here in the UK as he was in the States, but I have seen some of his work. He
0: yeah. he was. I started watching George Carlin when I was mid-teens, and he completely influenced the way I thought of the world, really. You know, not just, haha! This guy's funny. I mean, he kind of hit his f- being famous with the seven dirty words. Yeah. But as he got older and more mature, and his comedy kind of got bigger, it, it it became less jokey and more conversationalist, which w- was in itself a whole lot different than what most people were doing. But he had an intelligence about him that man, you know, when he was talking about religion, when he was talking about politics, um, I, I kept thinking I agree with this. And I watch political leaders today, you know, Trump and Boris Johnson and Trudeau and and I think what what would George Carlin say about these guys? If if you could sit in a pub like this and discuss... What would George Carlin think? I think that would absolutely make him one of the most influential people for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another one is Prince. His music was transformative for me. Um, I don't know if you've ever really been a Prince fan, but... Man.
1: So here's the thing with Prince. I I really loved... um the um you know the the uh purple rain album, yeah, I loved all the music on the purple Rain album, but the stuff he did after that was i I found less accessible, and so you know while I heard it and I enjoyed everything else, I wasn't really like a fan fan,
0: yeah mm-hmm. um obviously his music for me was the music of growing up i did, I didn't like anything he's done pretty much for the last twenty years. it didn't have yeah. any effect on me, but I think when it comes to music though. And maybe you would disagree, but the stuff that you listen to in your formative years between the ages of, say, 12 to 22, that's the stuff that sticks with you your whole life. That's why I love U2 so much. I mean, they they became big when I was a teenager. They were on the radio, you know, and and Mm -hmm. Prince was kind of like that, but he lost popularity after Purple Rain. And like you said, a lot of people just didn't get his music. I totally got his music after Purple Rain, the, the next three albums. Yeah. And I I loved every single one of them. So, hugely influential. If I ever had I, any actual musical talent, I would like to have been have his talent. He played every freaking instrument. He could sing. He could write. I mean, there was pretty much nothing this guy couldn't do. And, of course, a... Then he dies of a drug overdose. So, yay. <laughs> and the last one is Steve Jobs. Because you and I wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now without that guy.
1: Definitely. You know? Yeah.
0: The, what it, it, Steve Jobs isn't an inventor. But he was probably the best at reading the tea leaves of anybody that's ever been alive in my lifetime. Knowing where certain things were going. Or, at the very least, recognizing that it's already moved in that direction and that they're behind and now they need to catch up and then surpass everybody else. Under Steve Jobs' reign, the Apple became what it is today. And everybody at Apple is still just living off of his legacy, what he created. Yep. But from, oh, yeah. from our perspective, though, David, I don't think podcasting would have been a big thing if Apple wouldn't have embraced it and let you... Use it for on the iPod and later the iPhone.
1: Uh, I I I agree with you. Interestingly enough, I found I heard something on um, when I'm traveling with Charlotte, my uh, my youngest daughter, my only daughter, but also the youngest (laughs) of the (laughs) family. She's She's also uh, she's also the oldest daughter. (laughs) She that is true. Yeah. Yeah. She but she's she's only ten, and um, she likes to have a kids' radio station on in the car. So whenever I take her somewhere, yesterday I took her to a synchronised swimming, she does every week, um, we had the kids radio station on in the car, uh, and they were talking about their new podcast, and it was interesting, because they were, obviously their to- target audience is under 12, so they were kind of explaining what a podcast was, mm-hmm. and, I, and I found myself thinking about this and saying, it's not so long ago, I remember when everybody was explaining to adults what a podcast was. Yeah. Um, we kind of move beyond that now, but only just. Yeah, I um, agree. And 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 the reason you you know that comes to mind with what you just said is because I remember I was into podcasts way obviously like you way before Apple embraced them. You know, I was there really right at the beginning. It was very soon after podcasts were invented became a thing that I started to listen to them on a regular basis. Yeah, it was, um,
0: it was one of my shows that. Brought you into podcasting because you were exactly a listener. yeah
1: because I was listening to Apple and Mac podcasts um, with my first uh, Apple iPod which was a shuffle, uh, and I was out there looking for them using I can't remember what, what Podcatcher I was using at the time but I was obviously I was wasn't using iTunes because they weren't doing it back then, and so I remember the seismic change and and how, you know, podcasts were suddenly popularized when when Apple embraced them. And, and we're, people were worried at the time that Apple were going to kind of take it over, which they haven't done. They've been very benevolent. Um, but even today, I, I still find people who don't know what a podcast is or they've heard of it. They don't really understand what it is. Um, but the fact that it's even uh, people are aware of it in, in kind of the mainstream is, is purely down to Apple and what they did with it.
0: Yeah. So yeah. do you have any influential people that are the most influential for you that were famous?
1: Yeah so um again i think there's a there's a bit of a regional sure. uh, you sometimes get a bit of a regional bias with this so uh, for me for anybody who's interested in science or technology or engineering who lives in britain the industrial revolution kind of you know looms large over over our history um and probably the one of the greatest engineers from the industrial Evan, uh, revolution and from the whole victorian genre really is uh, a guy called isambard kingdom brunel uh, and Brunel um, is—he is without doubt one of the greatest figures of the Industrial Revolution. He was a, a genius in what he could, in what he did, and um, you know he's—he's yeah—he's somebody who I extremely respect. And um, the stuff he built is still all around us here in the UK all all the time today. He built um, one of the first big wa- railways. He built a. Um, a series of bridges that could not um, you know that pre- previously thought people thought couldn't be built he built tunnels under the Thames that are still there um, he built the first uh, ocean going transatlantic steamship um, you know he really proved to people that things they thought were impossible weren't impossible they could be done with science with quality science and quality engineering um, you know and he was a visionary he, he he was not only an engineer but he was a businessman uh, and he wanted to use technology to uh, improve Britain's standing in the world and he absolutely did that um, he um, invented the standard gauge of railway um, which is is commonly used all around the world um, now as I said he built these great iron hulled steamships that the people thought couldn't be done um, and effectively the estam- established transatlantic shipping um you know the bridges and the tunnels he built were um you know i, I still in use today. he built a tunnel under the river seven that links uh, england and wales uh, and it is still used today to run the mail, main rail line between uh london and cardiff um and this is this is this was built uh, well over 100 years ago and it's still there it's still working um and um you know the stuff he built had style as well. He built a tunnel under the Thames for, um, uh, for, to allow, it, the idea was to allow people to walk under the Thames, because there's a lot of bridges over the Thames, but not many tunnels. And he invented a way of tunnelling that um, allowed people to build tunnels in very kind of wet and waterlogged and kind of loose important soil. Yeah, which is very, exactly, and it, and, and it's still a, a, a variant of the tunnel technique that's using today. Um, and um, so they built the tunnel, and I remember they after they after they finished it, they kind of um, they sealed it all up. They got it all ready. It, it looks it looks very elegant because it was a Victorian thing. And then they had a dinner party down there, which is just really <laughs> very English, really, really kind of cool. Yeah, but you know, yeah, these these he, he's built these structures and they still stand, and um, you know they kind of reflect the best of Victorian engineering. And um, yeah, I, somebody who's always been very inspirational to me in terms of um you know the, the the industrial history of britain really which um you know it was a different time we we had an empire back then we were had considerably different standing in the world but but he really had vision and i think i think it's as mu- is his vision as much as en- his engineering skill which uh, which i always which always appealed to me
0: mm. interesting anybody else yeah.
1: um yeah well I, you know i'm a science geek so uh, a lot of great scientists um, Albert Einstein um, is is obviously is is always up there. Um, Isaac Newton as well, you know. Are, are, but, but particularly because they were kind of flawed characters. But I would say I would say um, perhaps not when I was growing up, but but somebody in my twenties who I came to really appreciate was uh, uh, Alan Turing, yeah. who is um, you know was uh, a Literally a genius, a computing genius, and he was imagining computers before computers
0: existed. Exactly.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, he was imagining them in his head, and then he was going out and figuring ways to build them in with 1930s and 1940s technology. Um, was famous as as being um, one of the uh, key code breakers. He worked in code breaking during the Second World War, and invented machines that could uh, decode the uh, German Enigma ciphers. Um, and uh, yeah, was uh, really re- very much an unsung hero because he was homosexual and homosexuality was illegal in Britain at the time. Um, he ended up committing suicide. There's quite a lot of debate about whether that was because he'd been you know, pursued, persecuted for his homosexuality. He certainly wasn't recognised as his contribution to computing um, until really the mid to late 90s, um, even though many of us who'd followed computing knew how important he was way before that. Um, and it 's only really nowadays that he 's been kind of his his position in in what computers are nowadays has been recognized, so um yeah he 's also pretty influential who else who would I say the re- the problem is it 's narrowing it down to just a few people
0: well that 's always going to be know? the issue i mean there 's a lot of people who 's been influential on me, but you know I, I I thought I think I thought about this in the shower the other day um the Prince's Estate just released a new deluxe version of 1999, that album, which, it, it's 2019, so, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of perfect timing, uh, 20 years later. Um,
1: I mean, on the, Well, on the no, it's
0: more than that, yeah. because it's 30 years later, sorry, no 35, yeah. I forget what it was, because 1999 didn't come out in 1999, it yeah. came out like in 82, um, but they had a whole bunch of new songs on there, mm-hmm. which, not a whole bunch, but it was like five or six new songs or something like that. And I listened to them and they're like, okay. Um, but the stuff that they hadn't released, especially one of them called purple song or something like that. Really. You could see, hear the influence of uh, purple rain in there, which is also my favorite Prince album. Um, for obvious reasons, number one, every song on there is fantastic. And number two, I grew up with it. So there you go. Um, yeah. but it started me thinking, well, you know his music was so influential. Who else was influential? And obviously, with my Mac and Tech fan and all that, and you now Geek's Pub, it's got to be Steve Jobs. It's got to be yeah. in there. Uh, and then think George I, Carlin. Yeah.
1: I think for me, probably the the uh, I, not so much influential, but uh, the type of person I aspired to be. Um, it, when I when I was in my formative years, you know, so uh, in the in the eighties. Uh, would probably be um, Patrick Stewart's captor, captor, uh, character on Star Trek Next Generation. Uh-huh. Obviously, I, I have no idea what Patrick Stewart is like in real life. Um, so No, the character... The, the, yeah. Hey,
0: there's no... Hey, well, yeah. this is a fake character. Well, of course, no. it was a real character. Yeah, yeah no, I, but what I'm is saying is... Fiction, yeah. But Stewart brought that character to life. He, yeah. he had a gravitas I, I, about him that was... exactly.
1: I, I think I think that's that's kind of what it what it is. I it's the sort of person I'm nowhere near like um, Captain Picard, but it, uh, growing up, that was the sort of person I thought I wanted to be. Well, there used because to be somebody... that
0: debate between Captain Picard and uh, Kirk too. You were always a yeah. Picard guy then.
1: Yeah, I w- I absolutely was. So um, wasn't in his... fact I w- I would say, uh, barring the first couple of seasons which were a little bit rocky, that yeah. I I very much preferred the Next Generation to. Um, the original series so of Star Trek. Was it
0: his leadership or was it his camaraderie? Was
1: it his intelligence? Was it his uh, what what was it about Picard? It's 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 the combination of these things really. He is intelligent, he but he's he's you know, diplomatic, he's considered, he doesn't tend to rush into situations. Um he's a very good team leader, um and yet you know because of the position he's in he recognises the need to sometimes keep a bit of a of a you know a barrier between between himself but when when he opens up to you then he really opens up to you Um, and um, I just think I just I think generally he was he always came across as somebody who was admirable who was um, in control even when they weren't in control Uh, and you know most of the times did his level best to do the right thing despite his own motivations um, and that's the sort of person I've always wanted to be. I've been a miserable failure at it, but <laughs> nevertheless, <laughs> haven't
0: we all? Yeah. So you're probably really looking forward to the Picard series coming up. I, I am. I am. Speaking yeah. of lip service, I mean, just the things that they've shown so far. There's Data, there's Troy, yeah. and there's Number One. I'm it's not, like, yeah. I,
1: I under, I understand that criticism. I think the difference there is that probably a lot of these things are um, first episode. They- it's, well, not they're probably also first episode, but also as well, Next Generation's been away for a long time, Yeah, uh, and the, there will be an awful lot of people watching Card who've never watched it, or perhaps maybe only seen one or two episodes on syndication. Well, there will be relatively few people who, like you and I, saw every single episode more than once. That's the thing. You know,
0: you know? we've <laughs> talked about on Tech Fan, we've talked about Star Wars a whole lot, and we've yeah. kind of given Star Trek the short shift, but... I hope I don't. I've never left the impression that I didn't like S- Star Trek. I like Star Trek, maybe not as much, but oh, well, I don't. No, not as much because Star Wars was it for me. Yeah, I, I thought the original series was stupid. I remember watching it in reruns in the '70s, and I was like, ugh, um, cause it just reeked of the '60s. It was just yeah. like, nah, I don't. It's the the costumes were terrible. The acting was. Especially from uh William Shatner was just way overboard. The fighting sequences were just so bad. Um mm-hmm. so I you know, I got the stories, they they were okay. Um it wasn't until the next generation. I remember when the the promotions for that started and I thought, Ooh, a new Star Trek and Yeah. Then I thought, Oh, I didn't like the first one though. But this looks different. I think I'm gonna watch this one. And I loved it from the very first episode. It was it was fantastic. And I've seen Every single thing that Star Trek has done since Next Generation, yeah. every single one of them, I haven't missed any of it, mm-hmm. except some of the shorts that they have on um, CBS All Access. I know they do what? these Discovery. Yeah, well, yeah. it's not Discovery; it's it's shorts. They're doing Star Trek shorts there, mm-hmm. like little short films, like five minutes or you know, th- this, yeah. they focus on one character. Like you remember in the first, I'm going to say the first season. They've only been there's been two seasons, yeah. 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 In the first season, uh, the one guy who played Dwight on uh, The Office, yeah, he was some kind of this, I, I don't remember what his character was He was Harry Mudd.
1: Basically, Harry Mudd. He was, Basically, he was a yeah, car- Harry he was character from the original series.
0: They, they had a short on him. Yeah. And I actually watched that one. It was fantastic. And it made me want to see more of that character. Um, but that felt more like Star Trek than Discovery has in last season. Last season didn't feel like Star Trek at all. Yeah. I was kind of disappointed. I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I really liked it. But at at one time or another, I was three or four episodes behind. It just, it wasn't on that must watch list yet. Um, but I'm looking forward to the new one because now they're going into the future way past anything that we've seen so far. Yeah. So that should be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Picard. Dude, I got chills. The first Picard trailer, I got chills. I was like, that's Picard right there. That wasn't Professor Xavier. That was, Char- yeah. you know, that wasn't Charles Xavier. It, that was Captain Jean-Luc Picard. And he's, yeah. he's in a vineyard. Of course he is. That's exactly yeah. what Picard would be doing. Of yeah. course he would have Data's head. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> you know? of course, Of course, number one, Riker is married to Troy. Of course they're yeah. still together. I'm in. I I think it's going to be fantastic. I don't think, I don't think Patrick Stewart would come back and do a role like this unless it was the next level. He
1: was he was very bitter about how the last movie was done because that was a another situation we talk about. Ryan Johnson. They brought Stuart Baird in to do Star Trek Nemesis, and he'd never watched Star Trek before. Right. He had no idea what Star Trek was. He was not interested in finding out what Star Trek was. He just wanted to do his own thing, and um, you know, kind of really spoiled the movie franchise as a result. Uh, and I remember that at the time, or a couple of years afterwards, hearing that Patrick Stewart was really, really angry about what happened to the character as a result of that. So yeah, because he
0: he not- he. He took something that was beloved and, and everyone liked. Well, not everyone, but a lot of people liked, and he just crapped all over it. Yeah. It wasn't a bad movie, but it wasn't a Star Trek movie. No. You know, yep. racing around in dune buggies. It's like, you guys can teleport. <laughs> why, why are you... That. But then again, that's a whole different conversation, which I think we should get into sometime. Like... If you can teleport, why do you need a giant crew on a spaceship?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What why do you have shuttles? There's always a reason what we can't teleport to the surface cuz there's atmospheric conditions. <laughs> Jeez, if it's that crappy, I wouldn't you never teleport me. Are you kidding?
1: Yeah. And then well, the concept
0: well, of teleporting, so they take you from point A and put you in point B, right? Yep. Was well, that you then?
1: Well, this is, this, this, this is um, basically Dr. McCoy's whole problem. I'm right, it, yeah. Is that effectively he's saying, right, you get vaporized, and then you reappear another thing. Is It's like they killed you, and they created a, a perfect copy. Right. Well, they explored that you. Next
0: Generation too. remember? They had that yeah. mishap where it gets redirected, and now there's two of them. Yep. Or that one where um, they take two people up, and they combine them by mistake. I think that was on Voyager. Yep. And now, and here... Well, who was that? It was uh, Tuvok and... Tuvok and Neelix. And Neelix. Yeah. Two characters that I always thought were just okay on on that series. I never really liked... Tuvok was just, I don't know. I He was okay. He felt like the token uh, Vulcan, because you got to yeah. have one. Uh, and Neelix was always annoying. I didn't really like Neelix all that much. And I never, ever bought him in that relationship with the one beautiful girl. I was like, yeah. are you kidding me? Give me a break. By the way, that that actress? Oof. She
1: I know she went off the rails, didn't
0: holy she? Holy crap. Yeah, that's too bad, yeah. too. Because she was a good actress, and she was yeah. very pretty, and she seemed very smart, and then not so much. Yeah. Um, but anyways, not regardless. When they combined those two characters, what was it? Nevix or something like that? Tuvix. Tuvix. The actor that they got and the role he played was so much better than the other two. I mean, halfway through it, I'm like, God, I hope they leave this character and get rid of the other two, because I like this guy. He's way better than the other two. Yeah. I always felt guilty about that. I'm like, yeah, but they're killing two people. I'm like, yeah, I don't care, though. This is a really good character. Do you remember thinking that when you
1: watched it? Oh, oh, I do, yeah. I thought thought he was... um, I I had more time for Tuvok than I did for Neelix. Um, Oh, yeah. And Neelix did improve in the final, in the final, uh, you know, the the final season. Mm-hmm. He became more useful. Um, but uh, I, 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 did, I did, I agree with you. I think, I think the guy who played Tuvix was much better, and and he needed to be because the whole—he's
0: two characters. The whole,
1: well, the whole point, the whole kind of um, dilemma of the episode is that is that Tuvix, at the end of the episode says, "I don't want to die." <laughs> You know, yeah. Because if you if you separate and bring those two guys back, effectively he, the the person who I am disappears. Um, so they they kind of went for the emotion on that and the the pathos of that, and um, that was that was I thought was was quite good. Yeah. Um, the uh, the thing about Tuvok, I could never understand. If you're a Vulcan, I could never understand why you would be a, a security officer who's like about weapons and killing people. Right. But it seemed to be to be. It's uh, definitely empathetic. more of a Klingon role. Yeah, they seem to be incompatible <laughs> with being a, being a Vulcan, to be honest. But
0: uh, I, I'm kind of with you. I never understood that yeah. either. I don't know. I I liked Voyager a lot. I for a while it was my favorite, but then it wasn't because I'll be honest, my favorite of all time has been Deep Space Nine. I think. Yeah. I mean, they had a multi-seasonal war. Yeah. That I totally bought. You know. Oh you see, yeah. That- you see, uh, uh, the guy who played Odo just died.
1: I did i in fact i was I was quite upset about that because I actually saw him in person. I went to um, I went to a Star Trek convention in Orlando one year. I happened to be there, and it was on, so I just went. Um, it was the first Star Trek convention I'd ever been to. I was quite amazed by the you know the people dressed up and the Klingons and all of that, and he was one of the people who came to speak to the convention so um, and I'd not seen much of Deep Space Nine when he first came when when i when i was there at that um so yeah i was uh, so i was i always liked that character i always liked him as an actor and so yes it was quite upsetting to hear that
0: yeah i was bummed out um no i like deep space nine and they my problem with deep space nine is they never gave us a satisfactory conclusion no i mean the way it ended was just kind of a cop out um but i don't so who's your favorite captain? Obviously, it's Picard. It's mine too, but I think Cisco is right there, but for uh, different I, reasons.
1: I agree. Um, Deep Space Nine is also, you know, very very close to my heart. Uh, I think a lot of the things we talked about at the beginning of this show, Deep Space Nine, were there doing it right. You know, twenty years ago, before anybody was doing anything like that. Exactly the idea that they um, they decided to to run multiple season arcs. Um, in, in in an in environment that traditionally was was done for syndication, I think was very very brave.
0: I loved how um, Cisco yeah. couldn't stand and didn't want anything to do with Picard.
1: Yeah, yeah, because they're very different type of people. Um, and you know, Cisco is very much more of a, an action orientated captain, but not in the kind of dumb way that um
0: Kirk, Jim was, Kirk is. Yeah. yeah. Well, when, well, Jim Kirk in the TV series, Jim Kirk in the movies was much better. Yeah. Uh, would you, wasn't it that, wasn't Picard Borged out and led the attack and his wife was killed or something? Wasn't that? That's
1: exactly it. He was, yeah, he he got turned into, the, he got turned into. Locutus. Um, Locutus of Borg. Yeah. Uh, and then Sisko was fighting against him in that Battle of Wolf 359 where Sisko's um, wife was killed. Yeah, and that's why he didn't
0: membership. like Picard. Yeah. And he completely accepted that okay, you were bored out at the time, but yeah. I don't care. I still don't like yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. What a great base to to start from. Everybody loved Picard, and then here's this one guy who's going to be the new guy on this show. He can't stand Picard. Yeah. He doesn't trust him, he doesn't like him, he blames him for the death of his wife. Um everything his feelings are completely justified. That, yeah, that, they are. What a yeah. what a great creator. Um I don't was it it was Gene Roddenberry who started Deep Space Nine, wasn't it? Or no.
1: No, because uh, I think no. Roddenberry died during the second season of, of next, uh, next,
0: generation, next generation. generation, that's right. Yeah. Deep
1: Space Nine came at least Way a year back. after that.
0: Oh no, it was longer so. than that. It was much longer because the Wolf Three Five Nine had already happened, and everything. The Next Generation that was like season. Oh, six. of course
1: that was season. No, well, three or four maybe. I'm not. I I forget. Anyway, I don't think. I don't think Roddenberry was directly involved. He may have been aware it was happening, um, but he certainly wasn't directly involved. It was very much uh, Rick Berman and Michael Pillar. Yeah. Who were uh, behind that? And Michael Pillar is also no longer with us, sadly. Um nope. he, was a, he was a he was a great writer too. Um, I really liked Deep Space Nine. It's unfair that it that it seems to have gotten forgotten. That's the
0: thing; it has because <laughs> yeah. people never talk about it. But I, yeah. you know, Deep Space Nine was fantastic. In fact, I think yeah. somebody else just died from that series too. Uh, maybe the kid who? Uh,
1: yeah, that's right. Um, it was the kid who played Nog. He died recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I
0: thought I remember saying something about that. So uh, that's yeah. a bummer for the alum of of that show. And that show was like seven years. Yeah. And I remember when they brought Wolf, 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 Wolf onto that series. I thought, oh, see, now they're trying to boost up the ratings to give them a little next generation. But well, they were. Well, they were, but <laughs> it totally worked. But it yeah. wasn't just, at first, it was kind of a shoehorn. But it makes sense. I mean, he gets reassigned. I mean, he's yeah. in the military. That's going to happen. Um, but, man, they they expanded his character so well. They yep. finally gave him a love life. Um, it was it was fantastic what they did with that character and with him piloting Deep Space in a, or uh, Defiant. That yep. would that was, I mean that was awesome.
1: Yeah. No. No. It was really. It was really good. It was. It was a great, great series. Um,
0: the Kardashians. <laughs> Notice I pronounced it wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they, they, well, yeah, the Kardashians were the first ones who were about injecting things into your lips to make you look different. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they had that great Kardashian... The The guy who was the Kardashian spy on oh, Deep Space Nine. Oh, he was Nine. so good. The Taylor Garak. Yes. He was awesome. I, yeah. They
0: had some just fantastic <laughs> characters on that. Yeah. Uh, I, might, I might have to go back and watch a couple episodes of Deep Space Nine, but not anytime soon because we've got the last episode of Watchmen coming out. Uh, today, um, so we'll talk about that maybe on the next episode. We've got Mandalorian ongoing right now. We've got a couple episodes of that left. Uh, we've got the big Star Wars coming out next week, and I think honestly, David, it'll be a week uh, when we record the next episode. It's going to be a week since that's been out, so yeah. we're going to obviously have to do some spoilerous discussions, and we may. I'm um, checking Facebook right now. Um, you think I'm I'm thinking it's probably going to be a Friday, but I don't know. I I'm going to have to look at the schedule and see what falls on which day. Um, but you remember Eric Diaz? He was on Tech Fan with us.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Uh, he is a huge Star Wars fan. I mean, huge. And I invited him on to discuss the new movie when it comes out here uh, in uh, the Geeks Pub. I said the, by the way, a uh, Geeks Pub. And so he said, no problem. He wants to come on. That'd be good. So we can, oh, I, I'm just dying for the new movie. I, I really <laughs> am. I'm, I cannot wait. I, I think I'm going to hold off. I'm not going to see it opening night. I think it's just going to be a madhouse and I want to enjoy it. Not with a bunch of people talking. And if If I could go see it with just me and the kids in an empty theater, that would be heaven for me.
1: Yeah. The trick is to try and get an early showing early in the morning sometimes before lunchtime if if they do shows like that because uh, you'll often get lower attendance there
0: yeah and I'm hoping the kids got a half a day that day that's Friday um, I don't know it depends on what time it opens it's still at the oh, first day though is this gonna be crazy um, I have to see because I I'm dying to see it I'm definitely going to see it before we do the next show and uh, I think it's gonna be great but uh, we'll see
1: Look forward to it.
0: All right, David, let's get out of this pub and go home.
1: All right, see you next time.
0: Bye.